Revolutionary Sports Front, Episode 2 of Season 2. Welcome aboard. Uh, Tony Preston to my left, Jerry Preston to my right. Joe is not with us via Skype per usual. He is on his honeymoon right now. (laughs) Booty Town! He is in Honeymoon a.k.a. Booty Town in Italy right now with this beautiful bride, Kristen, who usually does our intro, but we decided to mix it up today. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, it, there's no other way of getting around it. It is, it is football season officially. Uh, we, college football occurred last week on Saturday. We've had one NFL and game. Sunday, and Sunday and Monday. It was a nice weekend of college football, Frank. Come they on. come back by uh, UCLA and Josh Rosen. And okay, okay. Cool your Jets. Maryland cool. upset Texas was a okay, great Okay, these guys can't even wait to get off the starting line, so I'll just bust it out. Look, we, we the NFL um, kicked off on Thursday. It is now Saturday, and uh, football's here. Um, we got a lot to dive into. Uh, we're going to start with the NFL. We had a game on Thursday, which everyone was waiting for, the Patriots and the Chiefs. We got, of course, the Lions going up against the Cardinals as an underdog by two and a half points on Sunday. The Packers are going to be doing their thing. Uh, the whole league's playing on Sunday. Go, go, Pack, go. go figure. And uh, U of Well, M, the Florida teams aren't playing. The two. <laughs> okay, Tony. It's way too soon, buddy. Inappropriate, Tony. And, uh, At best. So U of M and Michigan State. Both going in undefeated to their their second week of the season. Let's dive in. Let's start off with the game that already happened that everyone's talking about on Thursday night with the Patriots and the Chiefs. The coming out party of the third round pick from Toledo and possibly the downfall of Tom Brady, but that's too early to jump the gun. The Patriots lose 0-1. The Chiefs win 1-0. That's how football starts, and that's how we start on Revolutionary Sports Front Season 2, Episode 2. Tony, what happened? Uh, I mean... Chiefs came out, and it was a close game at first, but New England made a, had a couple defensive lapses, gave up a couple long touchdowns, and it quickly turned into a, a blowout. I should have known better half. than to start with Gerard. Oh, Gerard, why don't you oh, start sorry, the show sorry. instead of putting okay. everyone to sleep? All right. See, this is a week of overreactions. Everything that happened this week up until this point has been an overreaction, whether it be the stuff with people getting deported or now we got the stuff with the – Dude, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not done. Kareem Hunt's not the next Barry Sanders, and the Patriots are going to be just fine. Did you like how I ignited that fire though a little bit though? Oh no, just, no you, yeah. you ignited the fire, and that's what everybody's doing. Oh, is Tom Brady? Is he over thirty nine to forty? He put up twenty seven points, people. Twenty seven points is a good total. They're up by three going in the fourth quarter. Their defense cost them that game. If you score twenty seven points, you should never lose a football game. That's one of the rules I live by. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, well, that's what I was saying. Was their defense had a couple lapses. Where on one play, the cornerback just completely looked like he had no idea what the fuck he was doing. Also, the and Chiefs, gave up that huge the touchdown. Chiefs were definitely pass. out there playing with nothing to lose because they go in there and lose. I mean, the Patriots have an average winning margins of plus nine after the last couple Super Bowls they've been in in their yeah. first game. So he did what he. I mean, it's exactly what you thought was going to happen. You know, it's just a good football game. Well, it, I'll tell you what, it wasn't what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I didn't really know. I was a little indifferent going into the game. I, I was anticipating it like everybody else, but. I was kind of under the impression, just especially by the media, to say, okay, the Patriots are going to come out there and handle business to Chiefs. But as we've seen over last season and a couple seasons now, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are pretty good. They can play. They got a defense. They can bang. You know, I, I can love we Eric Berry. Andy Reid's the best coach that I have a Super Bowl. I was, you just read my mind. He is an offensive genius. Uh, you know, he they made a couple good points, but what I noticed about Andy Green is that uh, he came Andy out. Andy Reid. Andy Green. Wow. Andy Reid is that he comes out with the unexpected better than 
most, if if not all, of coaches. He comes out week one. He's been preparing all off season for for a game. And even the best of Bill Belichick wasn't quite sure what to expect, and we saw yeah, that on Thursday night. That's I really like the point you're making there, Frank. I normally don't agree with you, so this is strange. But uh, like Andy Reid, it's not like he's running gadget plays, but they almost like work how gadgets. You don't know what he's in different formations, but they're like solidly drawn up plays. It's not like the Wildcat, but he had a formation where Travis Kelsey took a snap, and they were trying to pitch it out to Tyreek Hill, and the pitch was there, he was gone. It wasn't, but Kelsey still got the first down, like. It wasn't these boomer bust, triple reverse, or like throwback to the quarterback. He comes out in these odd formation. He changes it up. He's really creative out there. And on defense, they pay, play a pretty strict bend, don't break. You know what I mean? Held them to two field goals. Didn't let them get in there. They had that fourth and one stop. It sucks. They had about two Eric fourth Bear. and one stops. One fourth and inches, one fourth and one. And they also said, I read, uh, that it was the first time in a number of a number of games that the Patriots have gone into a fourth quarter with a lead and blew it. And not only blew it by just losing the game, they lost it by a significant amount. I think the Chiefs scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to come up with the 42-27 victory. And that's just unprecedented by a team like the New England Patriots. Also, on a side note, if you guys wanted to chime in, um, they were making a huge deal about it in the national media perspective, about the um, the celebration that the Patriots had for winning a championship. And the, the, the gimmick and the joke is, for a team as decorated as the Patriots and the amount of championships they've won in recent history and, and in general, they come out with the whole um, Marky Mark and the celebration of the comeback, and they made a huge deal. And most people would agree that it was very corny and very uh, also unprecedented for the Patriots to do got, something like that. It, it was like if the Jaguars or the Lions won it. You know, I, not that that's up on the Lions, but if some shitty team won a Super Bowl. I understand like you've been there before. That's for scoring a touchdown. Only one team wins a Super Bowl every year. There's a good chance they're never going to win another one. Even the Patriots organization might not get another one. The Packers went, they won one and two and then didn't win again until Favre got it in the 90s. You know, they went 30 years. But we're talking about the Patriots here. Okay, so they have... Are they a different standard? No, man, it's a championship. If I thought it was corn, bro. If I won a Super Bowl, I'd be, I'd make them let me streak across the field butt naked, butt cheeks flying in the wind. I thought it was corny, Tony. Did you have a thought on that, or did you know about it, or what happened? Uh, I kind of skipped over the pregame crap because I, I mean, I was, I'm not interested in all the pregame shit. I just want to watch a fucking football game. That's what I want to watch. Well, good for you. It, it, We've all been looking forward to it. I just thought it was oh, an interesting topic. I, mean, it's the note, first game of I the year. like the reviews going to New York. That was pretty quick on some of the reviews. I will say that they did a good job of getting reviews in and out pretty quickly. And with, I feel like it's, I mean, having a central location, it's easier to make it rigged. But I feel like they got it to the point and they got what they, like on the Gronk one, it took me about 30 seconds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I didn't hear about that, but that, that's. Yeah. They like get right, I think yeah. on one of them, it was like they were getting ready to cut to a commercial break and then they're like, oh, never yeah, mind. Yeah, we got yeah. the back. I mean,. It's nice for them to get it right, but it's time to get... we got a full weekend of games here, guys. It's cool that they played, but we have 16 more Patriots games. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's just what everyone's talking about. None of us are from New England or Boston, and none of us are from Kansas City, thank God. It's just uh, it's just what happened. That's how the continue, season started. It was a good game. I, I need to, you guys' yeah. help for a second, actually. There's a weird part of me that like loves the Patriots. Like I love Gronk. I like Brady. Edelman's the man. I want to see Cook succeed. But there's like an equally large part of me that loves watching them lose. Like they're the evil empire, you know? Like I love Darth Vader, but I love seeing Skywalker cut off his hand. It's, you know, I might be a schizophrenic when it comes to it. Honestly, it's confusing me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what you want help with, man. Uh, when the when the Falcons were Have up. Have you guys felt this way about a team ever before? Like I root, rooted for the Patriots. I wanted the Falcons to win, but then I was happy when the Patriots won. Well, you know? if you're a schizophrenic, that was a good game for you to watch. <laughs> 
I'm not trying to make light of it. And that's, and I'm just saying, like, I really, like, enjoy watching the Patriots and I root for them, but then I also root for them to lose. You know, I'll find myself saying, like, yeah, nice catch, Gronk. And then immediately five seconds later being jacked at Tyreek Hill's busting a long one. Dude, I think there's a finite answer to your question. And I think it's funny. I, I really can't think of a team that I feel that way about, but I do. I can relate somewhat. But as far as the Patriots go, I think that they'll still have a successful season. I think they'll win that division. They'll clean up over the Jets and all the, They'll win that division, um, you know, 10, 11 games. You know, they'll win their division and go to the playoffs. I don't think they'll repeat. I think Brady's going to be, you know, definitely inevitably on the on the decline slightly. He'll still be good. He'll be a good and the team will succeed, but eventually yeah, they'll fall. The last team There's no way it's going to be a repeat. Uh, football, but has anybody else ever repeated since then? They're the last team to repeat, right? I believe so. And yeah. they won't do it again. And I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know about the Chiefs going all 16 games and, or anything like that, but I think they're a lot better than a lot of people yeah, gave credit AFC for. Yeah, that AFC West just got interesting with them freaking the Raiders. Those are two good – I mean, I haven't seen the Raiders play yet, but the Chiefs – I that, think the Raiders are be a good, good squad. Too. I mean, without Eric Berry, though, that's, I mean, the linchpin of a defense. That kind of sucks. To the team yeah. that matters most. The Packers? The Lions. Well, actually, real quick, I was – What? You killed my flow. Sorry. I, I never had to speak on Jerry's little thing about liking and ha- – liking the Patriots and the Chiefs at the same time. And I was going to say, maybe it's because you're not really a fan of either team and you're just a fan of exciting football. This is true. Where, cause I'm, I'm guessing that if Russell Wilson throws a 70 yard TD pass on Sunday against your Why do you got to bring him up? Why do you got to bring him up, Tony? <laughs> against your Packers, you're not going to be happy about it. All right. So moving forward, the Lions are going to play the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon at Ford Field. A lot of questions on both sides of the football, and this show is designed to, to provide detail. So starting off with the Lions, the home team, got a lot of questions. You know, they're, they're one of those teams. You, you can name a lot of teams in this sport, and you could just say yes or no. Green light or red light, if you will. Uh, for example, Jacksonville, red light. Cleveland, red light. Uh, New England, green light. You can do that. With the Lions, it's kind of fuzzy. And I think even a Packer fan to my right and, and, and any fan of the NFL out there in listener land can agree. The Lions are a little bit of a, a blurry line as far as your pick. Questions on the offensive line with the loss of uh, Decker. Uh, questions on the defensive line with the loss of Hyder. Who's going to play defensive end? Who's going to play offensive tackle and protect Stafford who just got paid a, a bunch of money? What's going to happen with uh, the special teams? What's going to happen with the defense? What's going to happen with the Lions? Everyone wants to know. So that's what we are here to uh, try to answer. And we're going to find out even more on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, you, Ali kind of got that one right in the head too. Like, I obviously don't like the Lions very much, but it's mostly because of your just outright enthusiasm about a shitty organization. But they, I uh, gave a fair assessment, I thought. No, they did. I really don't know what the Lions are going to do this year. They could take a step back and go seven and nine, or they could be playing for the division week 17 at the with the Packers coming to town again, honestly. What I think is interesting about the Lions schedule, if you look at it, if you look at the first three games, you can decide, or not decide, but you can give a pretty fair assessment as to what's going to happen for the rest of the 13 games that remain. You got Arizona, you got the Giants on Monday Night Football, I believe, correct? And then yeah. the, the third game's a tough one, too. I think it's Atlanta. And if you go... Two and one, three and zero oh in those games. I think it's fair to say you can give a head nod and say, you know, maybe it's going to be a green light. You go one and two, zero oh and three in those games. I think you can say, okay, guys, it's going to be one of those like six win, eight win seasons. It's it's tough to say. I think Stafford just got paid. I think that all the rumors we've talked about 
in the far, far past of him being fragile are, are gone. I think he's built like concrete. I think he's going to be a good leader for the team. I think despite some adversity, they're going to come out there and show us what they got against the Cardinals. Not just being a homer, but I kind of am. And uh, I think they get a W. I think the spread's like the Lions uh, plus two and a half, which is basically a pick em. I picked the Lions. I think they're going to win. It's going to be a close game. But I think the Cardinals got a great secondary, some good guys on that D-line. Offense, we'll see. And uh, let's go. I think they're going to win like by six points. I, the, you're looking at two totally different organizations here. At one point, the Cardinals were the darlings of the NFC. Bruce was being called a genius. Uprise. Last year, I kind of predicted, I think on the show, a little bit down. The Lions are a team on the rise. Like I don't know how high they're going to rise, but... This is a perfect storm. I mean, Stafford, the last time they played, got benched. He threw, like, four picks or something like that, you know? And he's actually played very well and, since then. Yeah, this is true. Patrick Peterson's a great corner. Tyron Matthews a great safety or corner where they're playing. But other than that, their defense, I mean, they got some guys, but they have some holes, too. They're going to be able to move the ball on them, hopefully, with Stafford coming out, both running backs healthy. The Cardinals are a team on the downtick, and it's because of Carson Palmer. They, what they need is a new young quarterback to liven up that organization. And they don't have a receiver opposite Larry Fitz anymore. They don't have a big tight end. I just don't see what the Cardinals do really well that would scare me if I was a Lions fan. On the opposite side, the Lions, they got a good quick passing game kind of going, but they stall out a lot. You know what I mean? Their drive stall, they'll take a stupid penalty. They don't have a good left tackle. Both these, I think you can peg the Cardinals as maybe like 5-11 and this year, 6-10 and at best. The Lions, like I said, are up and down. This game really is a pick em. I think it'd go either way. You can flip a coin and put money on Vegas and have just good shot as pick em. Okay, you just brought up two really good points, and I'm glad you did it because it's two of the points I was going to make. Okay, so when you say the Lions, or when you say the, uh, the Cardinals don't have much to do, me being the Lions fan that I am, I'm playing the devil's advocate saying, well, what can the Lions do to stop them? You know, that defensive line is very questionable. I'm not quite sure who's going to stand out at either end of the defensive line. Well, I'm not sure who's going to stand out at D-tackle. And, you know, you got big play Slay, who I love, but says, you know, if that's our number one, we'll see. We got the secondary's question. So if the Cardinals aren't going to do much, are the Lions going to do a lot to stop them? On the second point to what you said, the Lions should be able to do a lot. Now, you make it a good point by that because the Lions have some players on their team, a number of them that you're not going to hear about on SportsCenter very much. You got Amir Abdullah, you got Riddick, you got Ebron, you got Galladay, who we just drafted, who's supposed to pan out. You got uh, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, of course. So you have a lot of these weapons that we as Detroit fans, you know, like to glorify if you're a fan of the team. But in the national media, you're not going to hear too much about. But in a game plan and a strategy against a team who. I would believe it would be a little bit less to equally mediocre. I think they have enough to, to win that. Now, going forward, we're right, to see how it plays out in actual game time and not just preseason. But I think all those weapons that are just kind of like, you know, sevens and sixes, if you're going to rate them on a scale of one to ten, all added up can combine to be an effective strategy. And that goes on coaching. It's going to come down to whether or not the Lions can stop David Johnson and get their defense out the field. You know, yeah. if, they're, if they're gonna right. give up, okay, like, that's good. If yeah. they give about five and a half yards to carry, they probably lose the game because they can keep them out there run the ball. David Johnson's their main weapon, and Fitz always finds a way to get open. I know he killed my Packers doing that stuff. But I just – the Cardinals have a good defense in the sense of, like, if you want to 
a fantasy football defense. They're going to get picks. They're going to force fumbles. Yeah. But they also give up huge play. Like, Patrick Pearson's a great corner. And he's, like, so literally they're good left, on paper. He's left one-on-one on an island. Like, people were comparing him to Richard Sherman. They're two totally different cornerbacks. Richard Sherman was his own corner. He drops backs. He finds his own. He has one-third of the field. Patrick Pearson literally is supposed to be so good that he can just follow the receiver all the way around the field. Wherever they go, that's where he's going. Same thing with the hunting badge. Totally different defense. That's why there's going to be openings. But if the off if the def, if, if the Lions defense can't get off the field with David Johnson, they're not going to get offense on the field to be able to take advantage of the holes in the Arizona secondary. Yeah. I was going to say the it's biggest good. question mark going into this year for the Lions is their defense, and their defense is going to let figure out where we can go this year. We know we should have a good offense. So we could be a team with a great offense and no defense, and we end up finishing. Great offense might be a little bit of a stretch. I would say. Good. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. And we I could end up going fair point. seven and nine, six and ten, or we could end up having a mediocre defense, and then a couple of those games that would have been close losses turn into close wins, and now we're nine and seven, ten and sixteen. That goes back to the point, of, and we're looking at possibly going to the playoffs. It goes back to the point of what are the Lions? Because you yeah. you see you see last year. I mean, people have short memories in, in sports in general, but especially with the Lions, man. Like, you look what happened last year. They're coming back winning these games. Like, you look at a lot of those wins. You rack up those wins that they won of the nine that they won. I mean, they were pretty bizarre. You know, they, Weren't eight of them comebacks? They're yeah. comeback wins. They're fourth quarter wins. It's like field goals coming at the late. I mean, they're very you might just unique have, wins. It might suck because there might be a correction to the mean this year. You know what I'm it saying? It could be a big like, downfall. Yeah, it like, could be, that's they why they're so the polarizing. And they won all of them last year, so they're going to lose the close ones this but year. But that's what I try to avoid on, on, on doing this. It, it, being a homer, it's all funny and laughing games. But here we are before the season even starts. I mean, the season started with the Thursday game that we talked about. But as far as the Lions are concerned, the week starts tomorrow or the season starts week one starts tomorrow and that's where we take a stance and i kind of want this to be on the record i don't want it to be up and down or they're polarizing i get that everybody knows that but we have to just kind of take a firm stance of where we think they're going to be and if you're wrong that's what we do this shit for that's why we're talking and if you're right then you can boast about it on week two three four and five but we got to take a firm stance and go yeah well we're gonna make i got the lions i think they're due against the cardinals they haven't won in arizona i think ever and the last time Cardinals came here, I know the Cardinals won. I'm talking about this game and in general, but yeah. I, in yeah. general for the Lions, I'm not going to make an uneducated pick on something like the right. rest of the you news. Right, you got to see where it I have no idea what the season for the Lions is going to be. So you're going to stand a firm, but you'll pick them over I'm the gonna Cardinals. Take them. I'm going to take the Lions over the Cardinals. Krasik has the Lions losing, said Lions L. Yeah. But um, as far as the season prediction, Frank, I cannot do that. I'm not going to make an uneducated okay. Right, I wasn't asking you to. I was just saying just a couple statements. That's uh, That was more than enough. And again, shout out to Joe. Joe, we're making your picks, so. Hope you're enjoying Italy. Uh, Just don't. Try to sm- smuggle me back a pizza. I don't know how you're going to keep it warm, but I know you'll figure it out. You're a Marine. I could use some more Ray-Bans. <laughs> some more Ray-Bans made in, made in Sicily. Thank you. <laughs> but um, no, go ahead, Tony. You're yeah, no, out. I was going to say also for me, like with this game, the biggest question mark, one of the question marks that's not being talked about a lot, Frank mentioned them. But listed him as offensive weapons, and that's Amir Abdullah, Eric Ebron, and Kenny Galladay. Because Galladay is a rookie. We don't know anything about him. Yeah, there's all this hype around him. But how many hyped rookies from preseason have flamed out in the regular season? 
it's a ridiculously long Megatron. list. Well, if you're making predictions based on the preseason, I think that you're off base as far as it goes. Whoa, okay. I get it, boys, but don't get it twisted what I said. I, I said Galladay. We'll see what he no, does. Actually, He's got a lot of hype around I him. Like I didn't say Galladay. anything about him. He got two touchdowns in a week two preseason game. I didn't I didn't go throwing a parade for him. No, I actually like Galladay. I think they give him height in the red zone, which has been missing since Calvin Johnson's been gone. You know that they stutter down there. Now you can throw that Stafford. You know, he's not my favorite quarterback in the world. I think he's like right around 10. But you respect him. I do respect him, and he throws a great fade. He learned it with Calvin Johnson. I was going to have that 6'4 target out there. Make that a drop, please. Can you throw a, a great fade, fade. please? <laughs> Thank you. Go but ahead. Yeah, I was always, like, and then, Aaron Rodgers' back shoulder is his best thing, you know what I'm saying? But he's not as good as a fade. He throws a great fit. Keep going. I'm sorry. I, that was yeah, hilarious. I was going to say, and then, of course, I mean, then Ebron, the issue is every year since he's been drafted, it's supposed to have been his year that he's going to break out. And he hasn't broken out yet. So I don't really see that happening this year for him. And we got to figure out that tight end situation probably in the offseason then. And then with Amir Abdullah, the question mark is, A, has he learned to stop fumbling the ball? And B, can he stay healthy? Dude, when it comes to Ebron, it's just an attitude thing with him. He has the wrong type of attitude. He doesn't bring a work, bring your lunch pad attitude. You can see him saying dumb things. He drops a lot of balls. He's kind of a prima donna. You okay, know, hold on. But yeah, you guys have already talent. gone. You already. He's all a right, hell of a thank you. You've already gone too far a little bit with the Ebron thing. Both of you. So, okay, Ebron, we know okay. you love him. Listen, no, no, I don't love him. I like him. What I'm saying about Ebron is he he does not. Jerry, you're correct. He does not come to the table with his lunch pail. He does. He's not that kind of player. But a lot of guys that are successful in this league aren't. I think with injuries and a couple of uh, off the field things, just. Not not character issues, but football issues. He has not been to where he was picked. He was picked high in the draft. He was picked high to be a great player, and I think there's still a lot of upside for him. I haven't given up hope on Ebron. I know a lot of people have, but as far as you know, the off season, the Tony's. You know, I'm not bringing up anything about the off season. We're talking about tomorrow. It's Saturday. We're talking about tomorrow. I think Ebron is gonna is gonna demonstrate what he was picked for. I don't think Quinn's messing around with his draft picks. I think uh, I think he's gonna play all right. And Tony, I think he's going to be just fine. Tony went a little far when he said they might have to. You're talking, he's already no. the game hasn't even started. He's talking about no. the offseason with the tight end I, position. I think Ebron. It's a no, first round I, pick. What I'm saying is, what are you saying? They've constantly been predicting that it's going to be his breakout year. And if this isn't a breakout year for him, they need to get rid of sure. him. Sure. I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. Sure. They really just never should have drafted him that high. But well, that we'll see. Well, no shit. Well, no. I mean, he's a good receiver and he gets open, but he's not a game changing type of talent. Like he's a not yet. Not yet, but I mean, we're on the eve of a season. You know what I mean? So I mean, we're talking about September 9th, tomorrow, I mean, we're trying September to do 10th. Unbiased radio here, Frank. Like he's good for like seven catches and fifty-five. We're also hours. doing hometown radio too. It's a combination of both. I'm just telling you that the the upside is not gone on Eric. No, Ebron. I don't think it is either. I don't think I think the book's unwritten on him at all. The it is I was unwritten. Is it hasn't just, happened if yet. He changes his attitude and just a little bit and stops being me focused and being team focused. The better question, other than Ebron, I, I think we can all agree that we'll see tomorrow how Ebron does against a good secondary. I think we can all move on from that. But if you want to stay in the same category, what about Marvin Jones? Starts off hot. He was on my fantasy team last year. Starts off hot. Supposed to be a deep threat. Get him up from Cincinnati. Supposed to be the second uh, tier to Megatron. Starts off hot and then um, pretty much completely diminishes for the most part uh, when it mattered, which is at the end of the season when we kind of had our downfall. When I say our, I mean the Lions. What about Marvin Jones? Does he bounce back or is he just going to stay the same as he did last season? 
I'm actually praying for Marvin Jones that he does bounce back. We showed glimpses of it in the preseason, but that is preseason. Well, I think part of that also was defensive coverage. Because last year it seemed like the beginning of the year, defenses were keen on Golden Single. Tate. Oh, yeah. And then Marvin Jones was having a great season. Then they start keying on Marvin Jones. Golden Tate has good games. It's one of those it's where just if Stafford has his weapons and he's not going to try and force into double Golden coverage Tate, like he used to with Calvin. Golden Tate and Marvin Jones Jr. are both really, really, really good number two receivers. The Seahawks get it done with all number two receivers. Like Doug Baldwin's not a number one on any team. He's a great route runner. He's crisp. It works for Russell Wilson. The offensive lines that he's trying to run is built like uh, open it up, fly it, Stafford's your man. You need a solid number one. They're both really, really good number twos, but you can cover two number twos. They don't do like that West Coast just like two-yard curls and stuff. They're looking for big plays, and they don't have a guy that takes the top off the defense. They don't have your Randy Moss, your T.O. You know, they well, had Calvin. I'll tell you what, they had Calvin. I'll tell you this, Gerard. Everything you're saying makes perfect sense, and even as a Lions fan, I agree with you. However, the point that I think we need to emphasize on or at least address, I think we already emphasized it enough, but is the offensive line. Uh, with the loss of um, Decker at tackle and just the offensive line that we put so much stock in the last, what, two, three drafts, and we've tried to, to bulk up, it's kind of looking questionable. And for someone that's trying to, or for a team that's trying to bulk up that line as much as we have, we shouldn't be questionable. And what I'm saying with that is all these weapons that you named, like I said, they're, me- they're above mediocre. They're sixes and sevens and 7.5s. Abdullah, Riddick. Uh, Frank, if you go through the list those- again, I'm going to slap you. Okay, well, whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> all those guys have to be protected for Stafford with the offensive line. The, the, the offensive yeah. line has to protect yeah, that's Oh, a, yeah, no. That really that's sucks. the whole glue. Decker was coming into his own as one of the better left tackles, and he had a chance at becoming like a, maybe a Pro Bowl left tackle this season. That sucks for him. They have a rebuilt right side. And my theory on offensive lines are they're more, you got to look at them as an organism. You can't just say Joe Thomas is really good. That's true. But it's a moving, like, organism. Yeah, but there's four other guys on that line. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Packers' offensive line is not overall great, but they grade out well because Rodgers moves in the thing. It's like an amoeba. You know, like, the Lions have to get good at, like, working. The offensive line has to work as well-oiled as any machine. Like, your D-line, you can have... Yeah, they have to be a a cohesive unit. Like, there's all different kinds of things you can do at different... But that has to be, like, a just seamless, you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, I touched on it in the beginning. So That's what I'm saying. it has to be seamless. It comes to, it comes to what? Read my mind. Coaching. Jim Bob Cooter has been getting all this hype for the offense. Uh, Austin, defense, getting all this hype. Caldwell, he's been under the microscope since day one. But these guys that you're talking about in the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, are guys that are being talked about in the national media for head coaching jobs in the next season or two. So they have to get it done too. If the offensive line is going to get, it has to be executed. I think this offense, the point I'm making is the offense has to be executed. Well, quick passes when it needs to be quick running, when it's not expected weapons used when they don't expect to be used that way. I think it has to be a well-oiled machine. Like you just put, but that has to be coaching. That has to be coaching and Stafford who just got paid school van called four steps from nothing. I believe was the name. We always yes. it jokes about the name. The you, Lions, lost me I at, think, you lost me at high school and banned. Okay. Go ahead. It was just like garage, man. All right. Now you got, I think the Lions are two steps from a really great football team. They need either like a sick safety or a sick linebacker to short the middle of the field. And they need like, they got a sick linebacker. Who? Who'd they draft? You have the books out on him. I th- God, bringing rookies into the picture. It's well, just, we'll see. The books, the books unwritten on him. And that's where I'm going to leave it on the Lions. 
Yeah, I mean, Frank, did you make a pick yet on this game? He's at the Lions. Of course you do. Yeah. No, let me officially make it. I think the I Lions mean, are gonna. I think the Lions are gonna you win really by six. Said it's a two and a half. They're they're getting two and a half points. They're gonna win by six. Okay, well, That's the Lions are gonna win by six. What what you say? You just said the Lions are gonna win. I got the Lions. You can't win by two and a half fucking points. Obviously, I think well, they're gonna win two points. Brad, I think they're but... gonna win like twenty one to ten. It's gonna be a low scoring affair. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have this being an offensive shootout, and I think that uh, we'll probably see Arizona winning on a late field goal. Okay, Tony or Tony Joe's got the Cardinals. We don't know what the score is, but we'll just go with that. Lions are going to win. Don't don't let them doubt you. We got to move to a real man's team, the team from the north. The no, king I want, of the I, north. I was just going to segue into the Packers. The so king of the north. A lot of the uh, a lot of the media. Is already before one snap of football has even been played. A lot of the media has already given Aaron Rodgers the MVP of the NFL, which I don't know how that's possible on a team that started off four and nine last year. And if Matt Stafford hadn't broken his finger, he started off four and nine or four and uh, four and six. I'm sorry, four and six. And if Matt Stafford hadn't broken his finger, he would have been not in the playoffs and nowhere nope. near the position that he was nope. in. So go ahead on your your okay. all star who barely squeaked in. If it wasn't for a broken finger, hey, he'd be gone. What about facts on this show? Going into that week, is a fact. Going into week seventeen, both teams were going to be in the playoffs no matter what. When they went to that matchup, it was guaranteed. Whose finger was broke? Stafford. What the fuck does it matter? He was playing. What do you mean does it matter? They're quarterbacks. Just throwing him. I don't want to hear. Go ahead. The thing is, a lot of people are saying the Packers. They're pro- Picking them for the Super Bowl, their offenses are going to be good. No, 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 no one picked them for the Super Bowl. I said MVP. People, Who picked yeah. them for the Super Bowl? Yeah, the Sports Illustrated, them versus the Patriots. Who? Stephen Sport, A. Smith. Like, no, the fucking Peter said Sports Illustrated, so it's Peter King probably. Well, whatever. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. I'm not going to. They're one of the proje- It's them or the Seahawks is most of the projections. I think that's way too much hype for a defense that was as embarrassingly embarrassingly bad as it could be last year. The Packers. Nine of their, or what, six, they had six losses. Five of their six losses, they gave up more than 30 points. It's pathetic. They did a lot to strengthen it. They're cutting off some new packages. Clay Matthews a little bit over the hill. The same way the Lions season a is a little bit. bit of a question mark. The Packers, you're going to give them a winning record. I'd put them right about 10-6 and six right now because you have Rodgers. He's going to win you the close games. You know what I mean? He's going to get you in there. He's probably the best quarterback on the planet currently. But the fact of the matter is they got some tools at tight end with Bennett and Kendricks. However, their defense is still like the biggest question mark in all of football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, do they, know what you're saying. I don't see how it's changed. They've rebuilt I mean. it. But I think some of the hype around the Packers is too far. I'm agreeing with you, Frank. But I didn't even hear about the hype. That's how far off it is. But go ahead, Tony. I'll, I'll, I have a strong stance, but go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you got to look at it, though. The Packers, even with their defense that was completely decimated in the playoffs, they still managed to make it to the conference finals. So Aaron Rodgers can carry that team to the conference finals, basically, is what we know from last year. So their defense can learn to stop a nosebleed this year. They have a pretty good shot at the Super Bowl, yeah, and I, I'd agree with that. I made the point last year. When they were 4-6, and six, they had faced some good offenses, but then they got a stretch of offenses that weren't that good. The got, Giants had a really good defense last year. They weren't putting up a bunch of points. They have some issues. They faced the Lions, who, no offense, Frank, I think we're averaging around like 20 Don't points. Don't say that to me. So they, can, they had a good... They ran into a good stretch. Carson Wentz, they got him when he's on his downslide in his rookie season. They caught a lot of offenses that were sputtering, so their defense could keep him in it long enough. And even like uh, Cowboys Packers, they got to a twenty-one nothing lead. What does the defense do? Here comes fucking the Cowboys and Michigan or uh, Packers got the thigh highs on. Woohoo! Score on us. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. I, I just want to make it perfectly clear that twenty-six percent of this show, me. 
makes uh, has the Packers having zero percent chance of going to the Super Bowl and winning it. I, I, I never heard that hype. You mean twenty five percent? No, I meant twenty six. I want to make it perfectly clear. No, Frank's no. still not good at math. No, twenty six percent. And so. I, I don't know. I didn't even hear that hype. I'm not kidding in any way. It's not hyperbole. I, I didn't hear Who that hype. it's coming out of the, the uh, NFC then? I did not hear one word about the Packers being predicted to win the Super Bowl. I didn't hear. I heard Aaron Rodgers win an MVP. That's tremendously different than, than the Super Bowl pick. Okay, who is- but anyways, uh, you, I was going off. You interrupted me. They don't have a chance, man. They, uh, they gave up, over, as Jerry said, over 30 points a game last season. Uh, they started off with a sub-500 record. They got it down, but yeah. Sub 500 record. Um, and like I said, man, you can question the Lions all you want. Two out of the last three years going to the playoffs. If Stafford did not break his finger and uh, we didn't have some bad bad luck as far as the injuries are concerned and a couple of hiccups along the way, they wouldn't have won their division, let alone a Super Bowl. I don't know where that's coming from. They didn't do much as far as drafting goes. As far as I, I haven't heard one, you know, too much about their draft. I mean, they've got a 6'3 corner out of Washington. He should be pretty sick. Hopefully he's throwing that up. Well, you, we can talk about that on their show. But what I'm saying is... Well, you're speaking the, the, on something you're not very educated on, Frank, and it's upsetting me. How, how am I not that educated on it? Who's you talking know, about the Packers? You just said one, one, one last, article you read. Last time they were projected to go to the Super Bowl, they won it, number one. Number two, Justin Durbin from CBS. Yeah, that was 10 years ago, Gerard. That was almost 10 years ago. I'm, I'm just, not going to... You're, you're taking me away every time I try to say one good thing about the Lions. Two minutes you're talking about how great the Lions' offense is. I'm like kind of agreeing with you. And then you're just... You, you got the Packers going on 1-16? No, but you, have, you, you find a, a funny way of spinning it into like, okay, well, he might be the best quarterback on the planet. And, you know, a lot of people are picking him to win the Super Bowl. You play the narrative. No one's saying that. No one's saying that. Dude, a lot of people have the Packers coming out of the NFC. Like, what, what, who else have you heard? I got the Seahawks, and a couple of people are like bandwagoning the Cardinals. Other than the Seahawks, I, before la- or before Thursday's game, I heard the Patriots being talked about a lot. They're not in the, I, not They're not in the NFC, Frank. Who's coming out of the NFC? The Lions. No, I'm kidding. No, I, honestly, God. a lot of people are talking about a lot of people are talking about Atlanta but I'm having not a, just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain. A lot of people are talking about saying. Atlanta coming out. I'm not doing it yet. A lot of people are talking about Atlanta coming out of the NFC uh, again, like they did last year. Um, a lot of people are talking about the NFC East building up some building up some steam. A lot of people are talking about even New Orleans making the playoffs as a wild card. So, I mean, I, I've heard all that stuff. I've heard New Orleans making a wild card spot. I didn't hear anything about the Packers. Maybe I'm wrong, but go ahead. You can make fun of it all you want and try Dude, to spin just, it. There's just a lot of – I'm not – I watch more media than you. You were just the, the guy before the air telling me you don't watch the news. No, you I make news for yourself. I watch sports news. Well, whatever. You should make that for yourself too. News. Maybe that's maybe that's the same thing. Dude, all right. I was – my point was that the Packers in, are – Okay, well, then you're, picking the Packers enlighten us. Enlighten us on your Packers. I already said it. You're not fucking listening, Frank. I said the Packers are getting preseason hype like they're going to win a Super Bowl. No. And I don't think that they have that kind of talent. That's exactly what I said. That's not what I, I asked, said, though. That's not what I asked. What? I'm asking you why. You said, okay, you mentioned Their a defense. 6 three quarter. I've named 10 Lions players on this show. If you're going to represent the Packers, name more than some 6-3 corner from Washington. Who are they? Josh Jones, the safety – NC State. Who? Okay, go ahead. They got the a floor fucking, is yours. They got a plethora of running backs now. They got the guy out of BYU. What's his name? Jamal Williams, I believe. You're calling me out. I'll call you the out back. You're talking about me. I name players. You already just named the Packers. Oh, you got Jordy Nelson, comeback player of the year. Randall Cobb just signed a contract. You got fucking Devontae Adams finally going to come to his own. They got Michael Bennett, Lance Kendrick. They suck. They got the best quarterback in the world. That's six. You only on their defense? Okay, well, you just said. Ha-ha, Clinton they have, Dix. They have a, they have Devin a, House came back. Or Devon House. There you go. That's what I wanted from you. But you don't have to say it in a sarcastic way. 
I'm just I don't think the listener wants to hear us just name through a roster, man. We know who well, the Packers we, we are. We know they have Jordy Nelson. I think Jordy Nelson. We don't. A, I think there Jordy is Nelson's no going to take a step back. I hope Devontae Adams can fill the void. I think Martellus Bennett. If you go against the list, end. I'm going to smack you. But okay, so Tony, what do you have to say about all this? Me and Jerry are going to bite each other's heads off. What do you have to say about this before we kill each other? Seriously. I mean, Wait, you're just letting your bias like, towards the Packers inform a factual conversation. Yeah, you're like saying, like, oh, nobody's picking the Packers. Everybody is picking the Packers to run away with the NFC North. ESPN, he CBS. Said the, he said the NFC, first of all. He said the NFC, not the NFC North. Okay, yeah, and then here's the conversation. They go, okay, who's going to be the six playoff teams? You got Seattle coming out of the West. Out of the North, you got Green Bay. Sporting News has the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Out of the South, you have Atlanta or New Orleans, because New Orleans is, of course, getting hyped because they have Drew Brees, as always. Out of the East, they got Dallas. Last time I checked, they sucked, New Orleans, but keep going. And so, basically, what they're saying is, is that it's basically the four division winners are Seattle is going to run away with their division. The Packers are running away with North. Dallas is running away with the East. South is probably going to be a two-team battle between Atlanta and New Orleans. Possibly Tampa Bay can sneak their way in there if Jamie wins. If there is no more, so why can it be a battle? Why can it be a battle with those teams? And why, why is it a runaway? I mean, I, I'm not we. I'm not them. I don't think it's going to be a runaway, Frank. You're not listening. To, we're listening to the first thing I'm saying, not the second. I don't think it's going to be a runaway that everybody does for the Packers. Yeah. Okay. And what I was saying was. With the Lions, for the Lions to work their way into that conversation, their defense has to be an average defense. They can't be a dumpster fire like they have been. Okay. Well, I think the same could be said about the Packers, too. And a healthy quarterback. The Packers did have a dumpster fire of a defense, and they made the the conference finals. We're saying last year the Packers proved that with a dumpster fire of a defense, they could make the conference finals. Yeah, against their their arch rival of the division with a fucked up hand. Do I have to swear in the air? I hardly ever do it. He had a fucked up hand. Excuses are like buttholes, man. We all got one. They all stink. Okay, well, if you're going to say that card, if you're going to say that card, only one team wins the Super Bowl, and the Packers didn't need it to the Lions. So what's the point of having a talk? Only one team wins at the end okay, of the day. Okay, dude, there's such thing as just a good season. I, I hate that if you don't win the Super there's Bowl. There's also a, a, such thing as a broken no, finger. Then he should have been playing if it was that bad. Well, he's, it, the it broken was finger was better no than the backup. Stafford was at home at the end of the season in a dome versus the Packers. His team was supposed to be better, and they lost. He had everything there. Don't make an excuse for him. He lost the fucking game. I didn't say they didn't. He's 5-46 against teams with winning records. Oh, you were waiting to cue that one up, weren't you? I like Stafford. He's a state fan. Well, he's got more upside than your boy does as far as longevity is concerned, but we, we can move on. Yeah, cause, cause, literally because he's younger? Yeah. Cool. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers is considered the best quarterback or the number two quarterback in the league by most people. Well, right why don't now. you move to fucking Wisconsin then? I'm just saying you can't argue with the facts, Frank. It's like a fact okay, that well, people say go that. Go eat some cheese and move to Wisconsin. To just hate the Packers is blind. Damn right. Someone had to say it. Okay. I just want to reiterate. My point is that the Packers are getting too much hype. If they can get the defense turned around, they can be a real juggernaut this year. I'm praying for you, Aaron. I obviously I got you Aaron. beating Seattle. Um, don't think it's going to be as big as last time, but Seattle's their run game, which is their bread and butter, is up for grabs. Lacey's there now. Procise, Rawls, we don't know who's going to run it. Come on. Let's be honest. Lacey's getting roster bonuses for making weight. Like, he's like a fighter trying to make weight here so that we can get extra money. That's how bad a shape he's in. 
So we can kind of throw him out. I mean, Thomas Rawls was good for them before he got hurt. And Procise played pretty well last year, too, before he got hurt as well. And it's a situation where they have a good offensive line, so they'll run the ball good. Uh, Russell Wilson can scramble. We know what their offense brings us. They were actually touted for having a bad offensive line last year, but I think they got things together. Uh, Yeah, I don't... I, I think the Seahawks are going to be a juggernaut. If you want my pick who's going to come out of the NFC, I think it might be this. I'm pretty sure the Seahawks are I think the Seahawks, they got tuned up this year for a run. Okay, that's fair. I, I don't really have many, many thoughts. I don't, I'm not re- well-researched on the Seahawks, but I, I'm just going to go with they just the signed. Gut. They got, um, who, they got Sheldon Richardson from the Jets? I think so, yeah. They have like that s- sounds about right. seven Hall of Famers in their defense now, and Earl Thomas is coming back. He's the linchpin of that defense. Yeah, they, they needed Earl Thomas. And so, I mean, we'll see... Also, we'll the other, I can't wait till the, the week three of this show this season. I just well, also because with the Seahawks defense, when you're looking at it, they're also starting to get old. I just too. want to remind everybody just not to overreact to anything that happens in week one, too. If your team, like let's say the Arizona or the Seahawks, they come out and blow up my Packers or your team, it ain't over. Well, I don't preface by saying any of that. I, I, don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. I say the Lions are going to stomp the, the, the Cardinals. If the Packers score 81 points tomorrow, I'm not putting them in the Super Bowl. Week one, there's going to be great overreactions. It's a season. It's a long thing. It's like a lifetime. You know what I mean? Well, if that's the case, then okay. I hope right. so. I hope so. As a Lions so fan, if Seahawks, each season, no, no, if fan? each season is a lifespan, I hope you're right. As a Lions fan, I hope you're right about that. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I mean, I was just going to make my pick, which is I think the Packers will probably win a close one against Cries the Seahawks. Pack Town too, Frank. Yeah. We- what's, what's the spread? Three points in favor of the Packers. Yeah, they'll probably win. You get the Packers? Yeah, I'll take the Packers. All right. Now down to a sport we're too old to play and can no longer be eligible for. College football, the NC2A. Man, what a fucking week one we went past. Like, got a week two coming up. It's going to be big, guys. I'm excited. We're actually about, what, an hour away? Yeah, right about now? an hour away yeah. from Michigan's kickoff, right? They're at noon. Michigan plays at noon. They're going to play. We're Cin- about a half hour away from Michigan kickoff. <laughs> okay, so they're going to play Cincinnati. Uh, let, let's break it down real quick, then we can get into whatever you guys want to. So Michigan goes in week one against Florida. Two ranked teams, 17 versus 11. Or What, what were they ranked? I saw, wasn't it like 13 versus 19? The rankings are all different. Okay, what is, okay well, we'll say 17 and 11. Roughly 10 versus roughly Two top 20. 25 teams in Michigan and Florida going at it on a neutral site. Um, Florida, we mentioned the question marks in our, our last show with the defensive players and their character issues on all sides of the ball. And well, I mean, the only two starters that had suspended were their wide receiver. Right. I was just back. recapping. We covered that. It didn't make a difference. Um, they play. Michigan wins handily. If it wasn't for the two pick sixes by the quarterback that we're going to talk about in depth in a moment, um, it would have been worse. But they beat him pretty handily. Good statement game. I don't think it was overly impressive. Um, but I don't think it was a you know something to you know cry in your beer about. I think it was a good game. I think it was on a neutral site and it made a statement. You're one to zero against a good, worthy team to play in Week One. Michigan State, on the other hand, they play a team that's not very good, but they got the job done, thirty-five to ten. They had some mistakes that I'm sure Jerry will go into. They had some good things I'm sure Jerry will go into as well. But they won thirty-five to ten. They're both one to zero. They're both going into Week Two with a winning record, and they both got um, some things to do. Michigan State more than Michigan this week. I think Michigan's gonna. 33 and, a half spread, 33 and a half point spread. I think they'll cover and blow Cincinnati out. Michigan State going up against Western, a team who logged 31 against Western or against USC. Um, got their hands full. Jerry thinks they're going to do what? What, of Michigan State? Yeah. I think I'd like to preface by saying I think both teams in week one 
did a really I did what they had to do. It was nice as a state yeah. fan to see him play an inferior team and be up at one point thirty five to three. Well, after last season, it's probably got to be good to yeah. see a win, right? No, yeah, <laughs> I, they said something like it's been like two hundred and ninety four days since they played the fight song in Spartan Stadium. It's just been too long. We had a long off season, you know. <laughs> They played good, solid football. They gave up a couple plays. There was a fourth and two that the Bowling Green could have scored a touchdown on. The guy dropped the ball. That was a fucking scary one. But other than that, they got some things rolling. Good Tyson Smith coming back from a stroke out of pick six. And Michigan did what they had to do. Those I think there was a lot of, speaking of overreactions like I just did, there was a lot of re- overreactions to Wilton Spates on his two pick sixes. I know that looks like horribly ugly and those balls should have been thrown. But Wilton Spates not going to be a problem. Wilton Spates is going to be fine. He just... Took it a little too far in those moments, and Florida. I mean, one of them went off the receiver. The first one went off the receiver's hand. Yeah, the first one the receiver should have had. The second one, if he, he was six five. Maybe. That being said, Florida's offense has been putrid since Jesus Christ Himself, Tim Tebow, left there. So I think the book's still out on Mich- Michigan. Looks like they have a good defense. We'll find out if it's great in the weeks to come when they have to go to Wisconsin, places like that. But it's definitely solid. If you're a fan, whichever team you're a fan of. You come out after week one with a smile on your face. You know, Michigan State had, I'm hoping it's first game jitters with the fumble on the one-yard line. They had another botch snap later. They had some issues. I'm hoping that's just all week one jitters. When Lurie got settled in, he was getting it rolling. I like he has a nice quick release. Michigan's run game looks fucking like a monster, if you want to be honest. So, I mean, it's all good things all around. I just don't buy in too much to week one, you know. But okay, they're both good. You made you made a lot of good points, Jerry. That was... That's good work by you. But uh, what I wanted to say about Michigan is that you can take a lot of things. You always want to see a W, and that's what I said both teams did. You want to see a W, but you can take some things. You don't want to judge every season by week one, no matter who they play, whether it be a team that's from nowhere or a team that's ranked. You want to take some things out. I think that we can all agree that no one anywhere really wants – I mean, they can. No one really wants to run the ball against Michigan that that much. I think that those guys up front are beasts. I don't think you really want to be running the ball against Michigan very much. I think you can take into question for sure their secondary. Harbaugh, I have faith in him. I love him. I, I have faith in the way he recruits and it, the talent that he brings into the program. But when it comes to Florida, in that game specifically, you got a guy in Franks who's playing quarterback that they yanked out after nine, I think, nine snaps, who isn't that good to begin with. They don't have a good quarterback. You mentioned Jesus Christ. They, they just don't have a good quarterback. They probably bring in a bunch of talent. And a bunch of guys who I mentioned have character issues, but they bring in a bunch of talent, but they just don't have a quarterback. So as far as their secondary is concerned, I didn't take too much out of it. I don't think they were tested very much. And when they did get tested, you know, that Florida did have a couple balls that were deep and completed. And even though they didn't score an offensive touchdown, they were on defense. But I think the secondary is in question. The defensive front is not in question. And I think there's some holes in between that you can fill in either way, but... Michigan did a great job defensively. I'm absolutely not trying to take against away. the run. Yeah, against they the did a run. Good job. However, you also have to admit that Florida's offense and Michigan had a lot to do with it. Looked absolutely putrid when Malik. That's Ayer what I was, was just there. saying. You know, I'm saying it's just the like, run game was un. Michigan stuffed them. Yeah, and the passing game, even though it sucked, had some light. That's why I'm saying the secondary could be in question. And it's also crazy because it also comes down to fucking. You watched the like game, not right? Having, yeah, yeah, I watched the entire game. It was a good game, but their kicker, oh, fucking the nutsack on that guy making a 55-yarder, though, in college. That yeah, was sick. Yeah, but then God King, if he wouldn't have missed the last two. Yeah, he, still. he missed those last two, which, and then he kind of pushed that that last extra point that he kicked. That one was just inside the post, so. When you're dealing with week one in college football, yeah. like they don't even have a preseason. I hate preseason, but at least get you like a little battle tested. 
week one, that's Bama schedules their hard opponent, hard opponent week one because they're not going to be rolling. Week one's a that's hard. Yeah. You go from like not hitting a quarterback in practice to being allowed to sack the quarterback. Right. No, yeah. we you know all I mean? agree on that, but, but that's what yeah, we have to I go mean, by right now. The biggest question mark for Michigan coming into this year was, of course, their defense with ten new starters. But the thing that everybody seemed to forget was that defensive line that they have. They played serious minutes last year because they rotated so much. So that defensive line wasn't really new. And Mike McCray, the one returning starter, is a linebacker. We knew their front seven would be good. The biggest question mark would probably be the secondary, which my guess is the secondary looks like they're probably going to be a mediocre secondary this year. But we've seen teams with a mediocre secondary before play amazingly well on defense because if you can get a good rush with the front seven and the quarterback doesn't have time to throw, constantly getting hit, he's not going to be able to complete the passes. If you could promise me, I just, before you go, if you could promise me, just in general, but it goes to Michigan's case, if you could promise me a solid, tough, hard-nosed front seven defensive line and, and linebacking core over a talented diva secondary, if you had to pick one, I'm not saying one's better than If you had to pick one, I would take the front seven all day. Especially yeah, in college, because they're not going to face Especially that many quarterbacks that have a good deep ball. I mean, they're going to exactly. be a Penn exactly. State's guy. But Bam. I actually, JT Barrett looks so much worse than he did when he started as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I know. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I was watching him play Indiana, and it's just like these, everything seen, it reminds me of State. Well, did you listen to Kirk Herbstreet? Indiana is probably the if you toughest, understand one him. of the toughest teams in the Big Ten. Okay, see, now going to Indiana week one on a Thursday night, pretty much being the kickoff game, is extremely hard. And they actually handle business, too. People were kind of down on them. But it's just college football is so much more different than the pros. Like, you can get by with a shitty secondary. It's sweet when you can lock everybody up and you can yeah. hop the box. But, like, Michigan's secondary is only going to be tested at Wisconsin and at Penn State. Like, Bears, it's going to be come down to the running game against Ohio State. You know what I mean? That's what I was like, saying. I get it, hating the two pick sixes. You could have beaten them by a lot worse. But first of all, a lot of teams would have crumbled after two pick sixes. So you already faced your first adversity of the season. Yeah. I think all signs are pointing up on Michigan. And you know, it breaks my heart to say that. Okay. You, you know. I, I actually feel weird because I'm going to go against what Michigan represents right now for the most part. You're saying it's not a big deal. And I like, what you, I like the point about adversity because that is a good thing. It's week one. You're going to get tested. You're going to face adversity. They overcame it. They still won handedly. However,. If you're going to win, okay, Harbaugh's won, correct me if I'm wrong, he won 10 games the last two years or 9 or 10 games the last two 10 years. 10 games So last if you're going to jump years. that hump, and there's a very small margin of, it's a huge, when you're talking about Michigan football, Alabama. Two third place finishes but, in the Big Ten. No, okay, don't, don't ruin my flow. What I'm saying is if you're going to cross that hump, if you're Michigan football, Alabama football, Florida, big name football, if you're going to cross that hump from 9 or 10 wins and do a playoff berth, you have to have a quarterback play. And I think jumping over two pick sixes, which were their only scores against a ranked team in Florida, a talented team, despite their quarterback issues, is a big deal. Now, if you want to accept, okay, yeah, no, adversity, that's good. You want to accept the fact that, okay, yeah, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get over adversity, win ten games, and not beat Ohio State, and then maybe you know have a close one in the rivalry game and beat Michigan State, fine. But if you want to have superior football play, Harbaugh play, Michigan play, what everyone wants, I was tapping it on purpose. And what what they want, you have to have quarterback play, and you can't be throwing pick sixes. I get it. You squeaked by week one. Florida probably wasn't as good as they were projected to be. They'll probably finish in a low bowl game, to be honest. They'll probably finish in a low bowl game. Yeah, they're going to have a hard time winning. So if you want to cross that hump and win more than nine or ten games, you can't be throwing two pick sixes back-to-back and having them score. You just can't. I I agree with you on principle that you want to have a better quarterback than Wilton Spade. But 
Alabama's doing it with a quarterback they can't throw. I've always known the quarterback. That's Alabama, and they do when they when Alabama or like those good teams face like like Jameis Winston won a national championship. Deshaun Watson, great college quarterbacks. Tebow was a great college quarterback. Cam Newton, those guys they separate themselves. That's like the difference is like those are the kind of teams that can beat your Bama. If you have a quarterback that's that good that has NFL superstar potential, you have a shot at beating Bama's defense because the holes are going to be there. However, for Michigan to have a successful season, make the playoff, maybe not. Like, actually beat Ohio State for once. They can do it with one spike. Spade. I think so, too. Well, I'm just saying well, you can't overlook it. When Harbaugh plays, Harbaugh's game plan on offense is he's going to run it down your throat. And if you can't stop the run, and we have an offensive line that can block for the run, which I think they do this year, it's going to be a long day yeah, for the defense. I was defense. just about to get to the fact that they should have yeah. beat. If they would have stuck to their game plan, they would have beaten Ohio State last year. What they do is every once in a while, Harbaugh's okay with like a play action from the two, and that's when they got picked sixth. The problem is he gets so one-dimensional, sometimes he goes to that second dimension in the passing game in the wrong spots. It's something he needs to correct, and we all know it. Well, but he's not flawless. Everyone no, knows everybody that. Has no, everybody has their one's, flaws. No one's flawless. And that's what I'm saying. If you want to jump that hump, you gotta you got to be better. And it's not, it's not just the quarterback. I, I didn't let, mean to just blame. I'm not going to go on a, a tangent about spate. I'm just saying you have to be better on all no, sides. It's no. week one. We squeak by in general. I, I agree. What you're saying is you want spate to be better, not throw two pick sixes. You want to take one negative from the game. Take him away. That's just, obviously it. Yeah, I'm real saying quick. we're overreacting to that. because he, he. But take him away, though, Gerard. Think about what the narrative would be. If you didn't have those, dude, no. What would it be? It'd no, be forty-four to nothing. If you knew you were gonna, oh, they if you know you were gonna points. come back and forty-four win, to three. If you know you're coming back and winning, that means more. If they would have won thirty-one to three, they would have bought them into their own hype. They had huge egos. The fact that they had to dig down and come back, I'm telling you, this is a good thing. I get it. I get Georgia, what you're saying. You know what I mean? I don't like, buy into the whole we need adversity thing, though. I don't really. That's not what perfection is. Football is supposed to be the goal. It's never going to happen, but the goal is supposed I'm to be perfection. I'm telling you, the way they won that game was better than if they didn't give up those two picks. I, I don't. I, I mean, that's a good they opinion, but deep. I don't agree with it. I don't they, agree. I'd rather have them bl- not throw the two picks, blow them out 44 to 3, and move on. That's, you know, no mistake football, but I get. You can argue about it until the sun goes down. Adversity is a good thing. I get it, but I'd rather it not be okay, there. Okay, obviously, I'd rather my quarterback not do two pick sixes because in most well, terms, it's it, not it that obvious. Lose, it means you're going to lose. With what the you're game. saying, it's not that but obvious. But if though. you know, if you told me going in, my quarterbacks were going to be up ten to three, he's going to throw two pick sixes. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want back to back. But we're going to come back and we're going to absolutely dominate him for the next two and a half quarters. We're going to dominate him in right. every aspect of the game yeah. and blow him out. So in the fourth quarter, it's like a league side year, like. Looks like a high schooler out there running around. Yes, I'll take that because that makes your team stronger. Yeah, as looking into it, going in, of course you'll take it. I'm saying, but on a neutral field against a ranked opponent and you're ranked, you don't want to. You don't want that going in. I mean, yeah, looking back, of course it's great, but you don't want to. You go into a game in a neutral site with a game plan, and that was definitely not part of the plan. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. But all I'm saying is, if you knew you're going to win, it's good to face that adversity early in the season. So when you're down, better than than late, if you're I get down. It. I get 13 it. to six against Ohio State. You get the ball late. You can key on that moment in your life. You guys came back. I'd rather do that in practice, but that I get it. It doesn't simulate real life. I get but it. Okay. All right. Now let's move on to this week since uh, the Michigan game's kicking off here in about 20 minutes. And we already covered Michigan's play in Cincinnati. It's a 33 point spread. I mean, I think we can all safely say Michigan. Dude, Michigan's going to run for like 500 yards. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Michigan will cover the spread just because when you're running the ball, it's going to burn a lot of clock, dude. But Harlow's gonna it, it's going to be close. <laughs> oh, the dogs, they're going to fucking cover the spread. Michigan's going to blow them out. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Michigan's going to come out there. They're going to learn from their mistakes. I think Harbaugh's looking to make a little bit of a statement. The team in general, I think they're going to. I think they're. I, actually, you know what? I'm I'm going to say they will not cover thirty three and a half, but they'll win by twenty seven to thirty. They won't cover it. I don't think they'll cover by thirty three and a half. Yeah, I, I because it's just it's so hard to cover that big. That's of a, a spread, big spread. Especially I, when you said that to me in the pre in the pre show, I I didn't think it'd be. You said thirty. That was your guess, and I was like, no way. I think it'd be twenty one. But you were right. It was thir- it was more than what yeah. you said. It, it was, was thirty three and a half. So. I don't think they'll cover that, but that is I mean, we've seen spread. them cover it last year, but at the same time, I mean, that was a game where they had like three of their touchdown runs. And I'm just, I mean, I don't, where I, they were just like 70 yard runs right off the right. gate. Right. I which, don't claim to know much about Cincinnati or anything really, but I just go by, they have a little bit of history. I'll just say that they have a little bit of self-respect. Good for Michigan. If they cover that 30, I hope they do. I hope they beat them into the water, but uh, I don't think, I think it'll be like 27, 30. I mean, yeah. I, that's just, I mean, it's just gonna be a blowout. The real question is what I've been, this is what I've, I mean, besides from the lions and my love for them, this is what I've been looking forward to all day for this show is to point the microphone in Gerard's face, which I'm doing right now, if you could see me. And, uh, I want to know what you think is going to happen between Michigan state and Western Michigan, the new r- underdog rivalry of the state, Michigan yeah, versus yeah. Michigan State versus Western. Western coming off a close call with number four ranked USC. Gerard, what do you have to say? Who's going to win? Why and how? The microphone is yours. And it's a seven and a half point spread, by the way. Yeah, that's right where it honestly should be. I think State's just going to pretty much run the ball down their throats. They're going to do their best. The rookie's going to make his fucking plays. But if they can cover that kick returner, I mean, it's just... Are you speechless? Wes, I don't know how to put my feelings on the game into words because I'm really scared Michigan State's going to lose, if you want to be honest with you. But I just, I think... I kind of want to watch the game with you now. I think with the way Michigan State, Michigan State at the offseason, they're coming back to what Michigan State, they're just a solid all-around football team. And if they catch a little spark, they can do something. They're just going to be solid. All you need to do is not give up any big plays. Don't give up anything in the kick return game. Don't put the ball on the ground. And they're going to win like 27 to 14. Control the clock. Good tempo. I just see this as being a big game for LJ Scott, a bounce pass game. If not, Madre Lunder. The offensive line does look good. The other thing, receiving core, maybe somebody finally steps up and starts making some huge plays. Lewerke looks good. I I mean, for me in this game, I think Michigan State will win, but I think they're only going to win by a touchdown. So I think Western will cover cover the spread. Because Western has that ability to hit you for that quick touchdown. Yeah, the other thing too is Western is a really good team, but they shot a little bit of their nut out there, and that's oh, yeah. a lot of travel. You know what I yeah. mean? And they could definitely come in deflated because they were hanging with USC for so long, and then kind of lost it there at the end. Yeah, and some of the things USC was giving up was just their defense was not good. I mean, their defense gave up a shitload of points to Penn State. Like USC is supposed to be this title contender because they have Sam Darnold, but at the end of the day, what it was was. Western's Michigan, Western Michigan's defense got too tired to cover the runs, and USC was just handing the ball off on like simple inside trap plays, and the guy was just gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, there's a you lot seem of very points. indifferent about this game. That's why I pointed I'm the, that. I'm out. the exact opposite of indifferent, but I can see. Look, I, Jerry, I want to give you this is a trap. I, no, I want to give you the ultimate respect because I just the fans know of this show. 
I would go to Michigan State University when Gerard was attending there. He's a decorated, feathered alumni member of Michigan State University, and he's proud. That's not a joke. It's not a game. He went there. He's a proud fan, and I know him very well. For over 15 – wow, it makes me sound – yeah, 15 years now. And I can see it on your face. This game troubles you. It's not because it's rankings. You've known him more than 15 years, Frank. It's almost 20 now, isn't it? But so (laughs) (laughs) this game is troubling you. Even though it's just a little little old Western, this game's troubling you. Well, first of all, it troubles me because i got to wait until 3.30. But yeah, I mean, Western's a really good squad. And like... My, I don't live or die with state football like I did when I was there. It's just... You still got it this in you, is, Gerard. That's this what is, I'm seeing. This is a big season. This is a season-defining game for God, Michigan State. I wish state. we had t- uh, video You know for what I mean? Show. It's... Yeah. It's... I don't know how to... You Normally, it's not a big game against Western... If Michigan State goes out there and handles a business against Western Michigan, we can start looking forward to the rest of the season. we got Notre Dame next week. Hopefully, we can clip them. But if they lose... We're looking at like another. This is like a season-defining moment. If they lose, they're going four and eight. Hypothetically, if they win, they're going to the bowl. Let me just ask you this. Hypothetically, I'm not being a dick. I'm just. This is a real possibility. Let's say State comes out, gets popped by 17 by Western today. What What does that mean to you? And what does that mean for your school? It means that we got a lot of soul searching to do <laughs> in East Lansing and at freaking uh, Old Spartan Stadium up in God. Wells Hall. I wish I was going to be awake Hubbard at 3:30. <laughs> You know, was, oh, you just give a shout out to Hubbard. Yeah, <laughs> all those girls Case, out there. <laughs> Two Eleven River. I was gonna say about that life. At what point in the season? I went to ask you this last week when we were doing the pre or the preview. But at what point in the season? What do you think needs to happen offensively for them to fire Dave Warner? Oh God. <laughs> yes. I think that if he's smart, he changed up what he's doing a little bit, and we're gonna be fine. I don't. They're not going to fire a coordinator midseason, but if it's putrid like it was last year, but last year their defense was going to, they got a lot of holes. That team got too big for the bridges. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> they had those those kids didn't face any adversity that were on that team. Those kids that were out there committing horrible acts against humanity. Those kids, I don't know what's wrong with them. This episode's going to be named hashtag adversity. <laughs> but it's just Michigan State has a lot. They. You know, everybody's got their ass kicked in their lifetime. You know what I mean? Michigan State got their ass kicked last year. They got put back in their fucking place. Everybody in the state of Michigan thinks it's just going to be Michigan rolling over for the next 17 years. The Spartans I know, the Spartans that were there when I was on campus, ain't going to let that happen. All right? You dig deeper. You find something inside yourself. You find a Le'Veon Bell. You find a Trey Waynes. Okay? Same thing we got to do as Americans. I want to go out there and play now. Jeez. (laughs) It's a locker room speech. Yeah. Insane. Jerry should be like a motivational speaker. Yeah, we should sign you up for the, the Michigan State. Hall of Fame. I hate cliche, but step back, set up comebacks. You know what I mean? Like it's you can right. play solid football. <laughs> I can't even keep my. It's right. just you guys get what I'm saying though. This is if they oh, lose yeah, to no, Western today, no, no, we they're got looking it. at four we and eight. I'm looking at a long season <laughs> of watching them. We know that, that's good. Where your your beers are going to be to drown your sorrows, not celebratory. The, <sighs> the other thing is Western actually is a good squad. It's not that Western is not a worthy adversary. It's not like they're playing Eastern and we'll get beat by them or when they lost to Central fucking guy. No, no, and, no. But I know, look, <laughs> Western look. Went Did to they lose fucking, to Central twice? Western went to a New Year's Six last year. This is, no, yeah, Western's Guys, good. this is a Michigan-based show. I don't, I'm not making fun of Western. Man. This, this is going to be... Uh, PJ Fleck is a gangster, okay? He came Wait, in... Coach is at Minnesota now. I yeah, know, he, but, I'm, but okay, I'm saying he's a gangster. He came in there. He has a lingering effect, man. That's not that long ago. That PJ Fleck was in that room. He he had the row the boat mentality, which I think is awesome. 
I thought it was an awesome thing. And, you know, he built a brand. He built a name. And, yeah, he's gone. He got a better opportunity. But that doesn't go away overnight, man. It doesn't go we away. We have time that, on the show, but I don't think it's a better opportunity. No, I'm not going to go before. off. I'm just, I'm, I didn't mean to discredit Western. I'm saying that Michigan State is on a little bit of a downfall. I think we could all agree on that. I'm not trying to be, be bad. But they're on a little bit of a downfall. Now Western's on a little bit of an uprise. So here they meet in an in-state rivalry that, you know, I'm yeah, sure there's some well, Western fans that listen to the show. Why this is Cody a- Steph is being one of them. Cody, how are you? Yeah, Cody, you're the but, man. This is why it's a defining game because if they lose this, that means state's still on their slide. But if they win and they win in a convincing fashion, or if it's close, it means then that we're back you know, to being like brother. eight and four, seven and five, which is you know respectable. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. Right. It's just man, it must be nice, man, just having those little in-state rivalries. You know, I remember those days. But anyways, so. You can't call somebody a rival. You beat one time this fucking century, bro. I'm I'm not gonna start another argument with you. I was just kidding. You know what? Just I want to see, dude. If we fucking have another... see how mad he got. No, it's just ridiculous. Michigan, Michigan State is a bigger rivalry than the game like or whatever you call. It. It's a bigger. I love. It that means smile. more. It's early. Season. If you lose to Michigan State, your season's pretty much already over. Well, True, well, but, yeah. I mean, that, we'll get there when we come. We come up. Yeah, no, no. I don't. No, I think Michigan's. It's at Michigan. I'm. I mean, if I, I was just making a little brother joke, it's all good. I know. I'm saying, teasing. little brother, it's all good. But um, as, as far as the rest of the NCAA, uh, is there anything else you guys want to get off your chest? We're gonna t- in a little bit. I just want to give a little preview. We're gonna be talking about the UFC, but we got to stick to college football. If you want to talk about anything else, I do want to. Ohio State. Just right? mention that Baker Mayfield said this is the. Uh, tonight, Oklahoma, Ohio State is the preview of the national championship. And although I don't believe what he said, I fucking love Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know who that is, well, but I, he's probably well, a charlatan. Well, before we get into Oklahoma, Ohio State, I think we should cover one of the other games that's considered a marquee game this weekend, which is Georgia and Notre Dame in honor of Joe. Oh, God. Uh, is Jacob Eason playing, do you know? Their quarterback? He got hurt last week. I haven't looked at that yet. Uh, I'm about to Google what, it right now. Oh, yeah. What was Joe's pick on the state game? I think he had he's state He's got winning. state, and he's got Notre Dame by a late field goal. Yeah, I know he has Notre Dame by a late field goal. I remembered that. But, yeah, and then the spread on the Georgia-Notre Dame game is five points, I think, in favor of Notre Dame, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't think Jason, Jacob Eason is going to play, but Jacob Eason is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, and, oh, if he was playing, I would def- that, that explains the spread because I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was playing or not. No, he's a G, true sophomore. He's an absolute monster. He's going to be a great pro, too. I like the kid, but he's out. Uh, these are both teams. These are honestly the same type of team. A lot of hype around them, but they never live up to it. Notre Dame, you think it's going to be good every year? Well, Georgia's Notre to be Dame sweet. was basically Georgia last year with a worse offense because neither team has a defense. In games like this that I consider kind of like a toss-up, I just like to go with the home team. So I'm going to figure out who the home team is, and I'm going to pick them. I think it's Notre Dame, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things, like I just kind of said, like, I don't think either team has a defense, so it's going to come down more to the offense and who can do what. And without Jacob Eason, that really hurts yeah, I got Georgia. So, I mean, I'm going to... Although last year, Notre Dame was supposed to be sweet, and when State beat them, I thought, like, oh, good, we're going to be good this year. And then they got absolutely fucking... Notre Dame got murdered all season, and so did State. So, if... it's a t- I can't fucking pick this game. I don't fucking know. Just because I like is Joe, a, I'll a, pick Notre Dame because he's in another country and uh, we got a lot going on right now. So, how the fuck is Georgia ranked 15? I I, I know I have oh, no oh, idea. Wait. I'm sorry, I'm taking Georgia. Yeah, I'm actually probably going to go with Georgia, even without Jacob. Eason. Sorry, Joe. They got they have good running backs. They have a good running game, and I don't think Notre Dame's defense has improved that much where they can stop it. 
Yeah, they got to clean up the act around there. Well, since Joe's not here, you can't defend Notre Dame. I'm just going to say that they they have to turn it around. Hopefully, they stay. Yeah, there actually, now the, the, Joe's not here. We can say Notre Dame's a bunch of thugs, and Georgia's going to stop them. How about that? Ruff, what are you going to do about it, Ruff. Joe? Yeah, bulldogs. Go back to Italy, tool shed. <laughs> I'm joking, Joe. I love you. You know it's all in fun. But, um, but seriously though, there's thugs. Yeah, we can't even quit the show again. I don't have. I don't need to negotiate that settlement. That agreement. was in season one. Okay, this is season two. This is a revolution. <laughs> I still reserve the right to use the mute button on anybody. Just so you know. No, you <laughs> don't. No, you don't. I thought we uh, negotiated that out of your contract. But moving on, I'm like Ken Jong Un. You never know what I'm going to do next. Okay, we're going to take. Christ. We're going to take. Uh, don't bring that fat fucker into this. We only right. need one fat. No fucker politics on the show. On the show. Me. No politics on the show. Ten seconds for station identification, and we're talking UFC. And we're back. RSF, we're an hour and 10 deep, so we got to wrap it up with nothing better than the UFC. And there's a number of different angles and, uh, and different storylines that we could go about, but that's what we have a show for, and that's what we go week by week. Uh, we already talked about McGregor Mayweather last week. That's a boxing match. There's much more to come in that division and men in general with the UFC. But as far as tonight, Saturday, uh, September 9th, it's the women that we have to talk about, and just two women in specific, and it's Amanda Nunez, the UFC women's 135-pound champion, and she's going to be finally, and I say finally because this is the second time they're supposed to fight, Tony? Valentina Shevchenko? Valentina Shevchenko. And uh, the you really main... should learn to pronounce their names, Frank. Dude, that's hey. a hard name to say, Valentina Shevchenko. That's why I kicked it to you, yeah. the resident. And so they're going to be fighting tonight in the main event. It was going to be Mighty Mouse versus his opponent, but... That got canceled yet again. So here we are talking about the women, 135 pounds. Amanda Nunez, I have grown to love. She is. Um, she reminds me of like a 135 pound female version of Mike Tyson. Man, she comes out. She she's got heavy hands. That's a good comparison, Frank. She's got heavy hands. She's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo. Um, she's got a great charismatic personality. When she knocked out Ronda Rousey, she kind of cut a promo and kind of won us all over as far as her, her, her heart and her passion for the sport. She pretty much said, this is a paraphrase, not a quote, but forget about Ronda Rousey. This is me, the lioness, Amanda Nunez. And uh, she won my heart, and I, I'm sure that other people share the same opinion. But anyways, she's got some, some red tape and some, some shadows surrounding her for her last fight against Valentina. And... Uh, you know, she she pulled out at the last minute. She had some issues going on with. Some people thought it was her weight. Some people said she wasn't medically clear. But basically, she just wasn't feeling good and pulled out. Dana White came out and said that you never mainliner to be a, a, a UFC main event. Now with these circumstances, sure enough, she is the main event for tonight's UFC 215. Basically, we got two hot chicks fighting each other. One's a lesbian. I love Amanda Nunez. I think she's going to knock her out. I think she'll beat her inside three rounds by TKO. A lot of people differ with me and say that Amanda Nunez, due to her last pullout, um, is just not what she was. I don't know why they say that, but they do. Well, the reason she pulled out the last fight was she had a sinus infection. And if you ever had a sinus infection, it means your face hurts. And if you're about to get punched in the face, you don't want your face to already hurt. Tony, if you believe that, you also think that the world's full of leprechauns and rainbows and stuff, man. Does your face hurt, Tony? No. Because it's killing me. <laughs> now listen. Uh-huh, very funny. <laughs> Burn! 
But anyways, no, I seriously, I, honestly, Tony, you can give give your opinion. I just kind of set the platform for people that didn't know about the fight. But if you know about UFC, you know what this is all about. It's it's uh, the title fight. I think Nunez is going to beat her inside three rounds. It's scheduled for five rounds in a title fight. I think that last time Nunez just couldn't make weight, and that's why she pulled out. And I think that Nunez really hurt her marketability. I was uh, campaigning for on this show that the UFC needed to get behind this girl. Like, there's a whole market that could reach with Nunez being the a lioness. Man. Yeah, like this person. She's like a great story. She can hit like a man. Not trying to be sexy, but men hit harder. No, you're quoting Misha but, Tate. Misha Tate said she hits like a man, and she, she trained with she Team hits, Alpha Male. So. Super hard. Or, she can do it yeah. all. And she was on her Males. way to being a star. And then she pulled out. And you can't have your stars pulling out. And, I mean, my commentary is she's going to whoop her ass. Two or three rounds. Doesn't matter. But I think it's better for the build-up. I think the main thing here is that she just hurt her markability as a star. And that's what disappoints me about her. Yeah, I mean, a lot of her hype is the fact that she's coming off two first-round knockouts. Against legends. Against Misha Tate. Quote-unquote legends. Yeah, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey. But the thing that people seem to forget a lot is... The way she got her title shot against Misha Tate was by winning a close decision against Valentina Shevchenko. That's why they're doing this fight. is because she barely beat Shevchenko because Shevchenko was able to stand in there and take those shots and Nunez gassed out. So the question is, does Nunez have the cardio to go five rounds? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because if you're looking at that first fight between the two of them, if it had gone five rounds, it would have been a Shevchenko decision. Because she clearly won the third round, and Nunez was clearly gassed. All right, Tony's our UFC resident, and I, I do defer to you in a lot of things, but in this case, I have all right, to... Well, we all are bowing at you now. Exactly. I have, to, I have to stand my ground right now and step toe-to-toe with you in, the, in our octagon, if you will, on this case, because you make a good the point. eight-sided circle. No, 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 listen, this is a, I don't care who cares, but I care. So, Tony, you make a good point about that first fight. They did fight, and it was close as far as three rounds are concerned. Amanda Nunez won two out of those three rounds. That's why she won the fight. Now, I do agree with you on one of your two points. One being the gas tank. Yes, her gas tank was in question. However, two, I disagree with you on the shots taken. That's going to be the key to this fight. Amanda Nunez was not able to connect with those shots that she did against Misha Tate or Ronda Rousey with those heavy hands. She didn't hit those big shots because if she would have, she would have put her down. She was missing those shots. She had to resort to her judo uh, leg sweeps and takedowns, got control on top, side control, a little bit of mount actually at one point. Uh, no discredit to Valentina. She was uh, fighting those hands, got her off. She was doing very well, and she had some success in the third round. Yeah, cardio was going to be a factor. Yeah, and also in the UFC, you say, if it were to go to five rounds. Well, sure, if I was you know, on the moon, I'd be dancing right now, but I'm not. And you can't say Would if it would. Wouldn't that no, be kind of scary if you just? I'd be gravitating. To the moon. I'd be gravitating. But I'm saying you can't say if it would have gone to five rounds, she would have won. Yeah, more than likely you're probably right. But this now fight, she knows that it was the gas tank and not landing shots. She's worked on her cardio. She's had. A, she bought herself maybe if you might want to say that a little bit of time to work on that gas tank. Two more extra months. Three more extra months to work on the cardio. And she's going to work on her angles, land those heavy shots, and end her quicker than she could have in the first fight. I agree with you on the gas tank part, for sure. I disagree with you on the shots, because if you look at that fight, and I watched it three times now, there was no shots landed that, that she took. She was on the ground grappling. And if she takes those shots this time, she hits like a man, as Jerry said, and as Misha Tate said, and she's going to go down inside three rounds. Let's go, Tony. I'm in the octagon. I mean, I'm just saying, she did. You can't say she didn't land any shots. She clearly landed any shots. Not flush. Not flush. And she still won the fight. 
Okay, yeah, so she didn't land flush shots because Shevchenko's a better striker. Oh, fuck. No, she's... How? Shevchenko... Says who? Who'd she beat? I'm Shevchenko's just, beat a ton of people in the UFC. I don't have a record. I'm not trying to put right you in the spot. I don't mean to do that. I, I'm just I don't saying, have names you, in front of you. You said you want to do something quick. If you want me to go in depth, I would have pulled up her fucking record. I, I, I didn't mean to call you out. You don't have to call me back out. Dude, for okay, at the end of the day. Hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Dude, nobody fucking knows like any of these women. We thought everybody thought Ronda no, no, Rousey but people was do know. Ron, yeah, we all thought Ronda Rousey was sick. And we, we proved that to be false because it, it was a narrative that was built up by the media. She was bigger than uh, the media built her up bigger than she actually was. We know that. But Amanda Nunez knocked her unconscious inside 30 seconds. She beat Misha Tate, who was proven and beat a bunch of girls. She beat McMahon. She beat those girls. I, I mean, Tony's pulling it up right now, so he'll see who Shevchenko beat. Obviously, somebody getting a, getting a title fight. That's just Tony's opinion that Shevchenko's about a striker. I've never seen him. All I know is Amanda Nunez has the like stopping power. And she's the champion. Of what's, the stopping power. She's Brazilian. Comparable. She's got black belt. Comparable to Conor McGregor, if you let somebody else speak for a second. I know Shevchenko's probably going to lose. You said you want to be out on this. Go ahead. Well, you guys are just saying stupid shit, so I had to step I, in. I've made great points. Yeah, but you keep making them. I think Nunez is going to win it. She has stopping power. Shevchenko might be a better striker, but at the end of the day, Nunez is equivalent to, like, a man fighting women. Well, thank you. You said what I just said, but in toddler talk. But Nunez has got heavy hands. She hits like a man. We've said it three times now. You can't make one point to me, besides cardio, that Shevchenko, Valentina, is going to outstrike her or outwork her. Shevchenko was a professional boxer and professional kickboxer before she started MMA. Is she, she a black belt in jujitsu ju- or judo? Maybe. Once again, you can't, you're saying we're talking striking here. You want to go with this better striker? I'm going to take the one who is a professional K1 fighter. So what happens then? And she beat. I already said my. And when you want to say, when you go, who did she beat? She beat Holly Holm, who's another great striker. She outstruck Holly Holm. Yeah, but I saw Misha Tate beat Holly Holm, and Misha Tate looked like a fucking. Child scared against Nunez. I'll give him. I'll give him the Holly Holm. I'll give him the Holly Holm. No, Holly Holm's a fucking terrific fighter. Misha Tate beat Holly Holm in a very. I mean, I'm just late, saying, it's, late fashion and a rear naked choke. You can't in the fifth say Shevchenko's some scrub out there. Shevchenko's a great fighter. I do think Nunez will win the fight. Oh well, what the hell are we talking about then? I thought you were gonna make a. Whole... I'm just saying everybody's writing Shevchenko off like she's a scrub. I didn't write her off. I was just making a prediction. If you wanted me to break it down, yeah, she's a good fighter. Yeah, she's a good she, little fighter. She's a great fighter, Frank. She's a good little fighter. She's she has probably she's one of the best strikers in the division. I mean, yeah, I would she, hope so. She's facing the champion. Yeah, she doesn't have the power that Nunez has, but she's one of the best technical strikers in the division, dude. So what we're trying and to say here is Shevchenko's going to have to dodge punches for about three rounds and then take over in the fourth. Or fifth. If she, you're right, that's if, the if best she, thing you've said in this whole segment, Gerard. If, if she's she going to win, it's going to be by the gas tank. I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm yeah. trying to be honest. In 2017, the last couple of months here, I can give a shit about. That's this what point. I'm saying. Is that's her chance? Is we know. If she can because especially here's the thing: if you throw a punch and it connects, you usually don't use up as much energy. Is throwing punches and missing, and also throwing in punches and missing has a lot of a mental effect on you as well that makes you feel more tired because you're throwing all these punches that aren't connecting. So you don't get that kind of boost like, oh, man, I just caught him with a good one. What did Ron- Okay, if, if you really follow the sport, which I know you do, what did Ronda Rousey's coach build her up to be in that fight going against Amanda Nunez? A boxer. He's a, bo- oh, yeah. no, she's he's a, a boxer. boxing coach. And if, when, if you watch the tape, after Amanda Nunez knocks her out inside of 30 seconds or inside a minute, whatever it was, minute and a half, she says, 
She cuts a promo on Ronda saying she's out of the division. Forget about Ronda Rousey, but she says, I'm the real striker here. Her boxing coach teaching her, pretend she's a boxer. I don't know why in Brazilian talk. I don't know why he do that. I don't know why he do that. I'm the real striker here. That's what she said. That's what she meant. And that's what she is. She's the real striker. She's going up against a tough ass Polish chick. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think she's going to win inside three rounds. And even though you went up and down with me and I love you, it sounds like you agree with me. Yeah, I think Amanda Nunez will win because A, she has the power on her side, and B, I think that fight showed her, the first fight showed her that she needed to work on her gas tank, and she's training ATT, one of the best camps in the world. So they're probably like, listen, you're going to start doing a lot of cardio because you're about to fight for a title against Misha Tate, who's a wrestler and a grinder. And that was a fight where you could easily see that going five rounds, especially if Tate was taking her down and grinding. Because that's, that's where you see a lot of people gas the most is when they're getting taken down and just have somebody laying on top of them the whole round. So I'm sure they've probably tried to make sure they've corrected that issue. And that's why I think Nunez will win this fight. Is I agree. I'm just saying Shevchenko has that outside chance of with being the more technical fighter. Well, that's why they call it the number one contender, Tony. Yeah. And with that being said, UFC 215 is tonight on pay-per-view at 10 o'clock. And... Also, quick shout out, speaking of Amanda Nunez, speaking of American top team, Coconut Creek, Florida, shout out to all you guys down there um, in that area. Florida in general is just under melee, uh, hurricanes going on. Obviously, they have way more important things to worry about than sports or our Midwest show, but we have a national uh, national fan base. If you got close ones down there, if you got people that you care about that are down in that area, God bless them. They got the rescue teams out there doing the best they can from what we've heard. Not much we can do besides just take your mind off things for an hour and a half and talk about sports and our local teams. But shout out to not only American Top Team, Coconut Creek, Florida, and Amanda Nunez, but um, all of Florida and all the people affected by that hurricane. I had a great show. Did you guys have a good show? Do we miss Joe? What's going on? According to the numbers in Vegas, just so you know about nobody picking the Packers, the Packers... Uh, Patriots is the second shortest odds of being in the Super Bowl. Of over, it was uh, Patriots, Cowboys, and then pa- Patriots, Packers. Just so you know, so that's what the country thinks. Okay, I'm enlightened, truly, because when I was doing that, I was speaking off emotion. I truly had no idea the Packers were in that hunt. I stand corrected. I did not know. Yeah, like that. I said, I don't think they should be, but yeah, it was. A good I show. did not know good that. I had a great time. Show. I had a great time. I think it's been a, a tremendous start to the new season. I'm looking forward to all these new shows. The Michigan game just started. The Lions play tomorrow. Next week's episode is going to be off the chain. We'll most likely have Joe back. I hope. We'll be talking about the Lions W, Michigan's W, Western's W. It's going to be amazing. I love you guys. Like the, the, the w Tony, they put on their pay the bills. Okay, like, <laughs> the, like the W for Western hey! or like the state win? I was Let's gonna... go Bearcats! Cincinnati, fire up! <laughs> pay the bills, Tony. I love you guys. Yeah, I was going to say one more, one more quick thing on UFC 215 tonight. If you're watching that the co-main event with Rafael Dos Anjos and Neil Magny should be Tony, a good fight. Tony, you just fight. killed it, man. I just, I mean, it should be a good fight, guys. Pay the bills. You know what's to be a good fight? You and me after the show, Tony. Let's put that shit on YouTube. If you don't pay the bills. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to Revolutionary Sports Front. You can find us online at facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front, twitter.com slash RSF podcast. The show has an Instagram page, which we probably haven't posted to in a while because we're lazy. 
We also have a YouTube channel, which we haven't posted to because we're lazy, but we have some stuff in the works for that. Also, you can find us at revolutionarysportsfront.com and email the show directly at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. Thank you once again for downloading, listening, and subscribing, which you can do all that on iTunes and Stitcher. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution.